episode of Outside the Rack is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the Gym Aware. In today's world of strength and conditioning, data collections become the utmost of importance, and that's exactly where Gym Aware separates itself from the competition. Because when we're sitting there and looking to collect data, what data are you actually collecting? And are the numbers you're looking at fitting into the exercises that you're utilizing? And even more so, are they going to answer the questions that you're looking for? Looking at different ways that you are moving the barbell through peak and mean, both velocity and power, is really what separates gym aware from the competition. Being able to understand what your ballistic exercises are doing separate to what your strength exercises are doing really allows you to program at a much more specific level for your athletes. So hop on over to kinetic.com.au to see what Evan and his team have in store for you today. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information or a place where you can find different opinions from forward thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 30th episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. In this show, we're going to dive a little deeper into some of the minds of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance and try to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by the Sport and Speed Institute's Justin Cavanaugh. Cav, thanks for being with us, brother. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, man. Yeah, buddy. Well, listen, before we get rock and rolling too much here, who is Justin Cavanaugh? Um, I mean, I'm a coach, and I, and I don't use that word lightly. I think that, uh, you know, I... I, uh, I always thought myself was going to like, I always thought I was going to be, you know, this high level athlete and then turn into a, a philanthropist like Iron Man. And when that doesn't work out, you got to figure out a way to kind of um, help other people achieve their dreams. And I think that as a coach, you know, you just understand that you're a small role in that. And, um, and I, I really, I don't take that role lightly. And because of that, I've, I think that's been one of the main reasons why I've had success is because I take ownership of that role. I'm not trying to do anything other than that uh, in the process. I love it, man. And, and on top of just, you know, coaching athletes, you coach a lot of coaches too. I do. I mean, I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, there, there's two components, right? Number one, there's um, you, you, when you sign on the dotted line as a coach, you're basically saying like, I'm in. And I think that there's a lot of people that uh, they, they make excuses for the end results of the clients or the people that they work with uh, because they don't have, they, they're, not, they're not in charge of everything. And I, I think it's like if you think about like your your coaching experience, right, or any of, you know, coaches that are on this call right now, people that I respect, people that listen to, 
you know, uh, not just the podcast, but everything that we do in our industry, I, I totally respect what they do. But sometimes we get caught up in this idea that we're 100 percent responsible for every person that we've ever worked with that is on our resume and or every logo that we've ever been involved in. And the reality is, is that we just we're, we're, we're just a small part of the puzzle. And if we respect that and we appreciate the opportunity, you actually will make a bigger impact because I mean, I used to get caught up early in my career, like some of my guys would screw up and whether it be from a character standpoint or whether it be, uh, you know, from a playing standpoint, I used to take ownership or try to, um, in their process. And that it's like, look, I could only own the things that I could control. And in reality, you really can't control that much. So at some point there's this component of, Hey, I'm taking ownership and the responsibility of the risk. But at the same time, I'm understanding that, you know, most of the time when you kind of push that on other people, those are just your own insecurities. So I can't take responsibility for everything that athlete does. And I shouldn't be able to take I shouldn't have to take responsibility for everything good or bad that they do in their life. So don't let it affect you that much. And that it's I think it hardens you a little bit right as a coach, because it becomes you know, you start to accept certain things that you don't want to believe in. Uh, but it also gives you more perspective because you understand that it's it's bigger than one person. It's bigger than sport. And that's one of the things that I really, really enjoy is that I think sport brings so many people together. Um, but at the same time, you're also teaching lessons. You're you're instilling things into these in these kids lives. But you don't know about what you do until it's tested. And I think the difference between me and, and a lot of other coaches is because I'm, I'm in the private sector. I got skin in the game. You know, I can't just I can't just have a cop out and be like, yeah, they didn't perform well today. Like we're fired. And, you know, and I'm not saying that that's a that's a, an excuse for team sport coaches or people in the uh, collegiate sector, because I think their job's even harder because of the logistical challenges. But for, for me specifically, like there's an expectation of the end result every single day. And if we don't do that, then we lose as in the long term. And we don't get to actually do the things that we, we, we think that we're meant to do, which is impact them greater than the moments uh, in, in time that we have our athletes. I dig it, brother. That's some big time stuff. I really do. So listen, Cav, let's get right to number one, brother. You know, Far away. You, you came you came up from Virginia, from Florida. You, you've been all over the country and around the world coaching. You're a guy who, who, who strives to continue to improve and help others get better. So at some point, I'm sure there's been an aha moment or two, buddy. So if you wouldn't mind, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. Um. I mean, I, th I think this is going to be an easy one because uh, I have had quite a few. <laughs> but um, I think the one for me that stands out the most is, uh, you know, we, we my wife and I just bought a, a bought a house um, and, uh, you know, we're moving in and we're trying to like pack stuff. And I said, one of my themes is I, I collect shirts from like every athlete, coach or, you know, program I'm a part of. And uh, they're just like they're just like. They're just chotskis. They're just things that I keep. Right. And they're, they don't really they're not really used, but it's cool. Right. So I tell her, I said, I'm going to start getting rid of these. Um, and then in, in our kind of like keepsake box, there's these, there's a shirt, you know, from her, from a school that she went to. And then there's a shirt from Maryland. Then there's a shirt from Georgetown, which are all schools that she graduated from and have degrees from and, and have done very well academically. And um, I'm like, you don't want to keep these? Like, this is a big deal. And she's like, you know, what do I need to keep the shirt for? I actually have the degree. 
And it's like when your own wife like gives you a shot like that, because the only places that I went to, I didn't finish. And it's like, damn. But that's when you realize it's like, you know what? They, that's all they are. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a T-shirt. And it is, you know, the probably the closest person in your life that knows you better than almost anybody. Probably it's it's probably my wife, my wife and my mom that know me so well. And if they're willing to tell me straight up how it is, then I need to pay attention to that because, you know, if I could handle that, then I could handle anything that anybody in our industry says. Uh, and I think that's is, it's an important lesson because we get so caught up in what other people think about us that we start changing for others versus actually doing the things that we want. And the fact is, is it's it's a it's a truth. It's not the reality is is, you know, I don't have the piece of paper to back me up, but I have a resume that I would say rivals anybody, not just my age, but in the industry as a field of people that they work with and the results. And the in the in the more interesting part about it is. I, I probably share maybe 10% of the athletes that I actually work with. And I'm okay with that because it's not my journey, it's theirs. But one of the things that I, for early, early on in my career, I was, I was so sensitive to the fact that, you know, I actually failed at something and I didn't want to actually make light out of it. And now it's like when you walk in the room and you just say, Hey, this is what you're dealing with. That that's an eye opener because then they got nothing else left. You know, it's like you're, you're M&M at the rap battle and you just say, Hey, come at me. This is what I got. What does that actually matter? It doesn't matter at all. What matters is how good are you? And if you if you're willing to put, you know, you know, if you're you're willing to sign on the line, dotted line that you're a coach and you're willing to have skin in the game with the risks that are associated with it, then I think everybody should should deserve a shot. I dig it, man. That's big time. And I think that, you know, understanding that really it is just a shirt and and a piece of paper that you got to be you and, and build those things. Um, yeah, man, it, it, that's, that's really important. And don't get me wrong. It did hurt that my wife had to like rub that one in too. It was not like a, it was not like a ha ha funny. It was like, damn, that's rough, but you take it, especially when it's the truth. No doubt, man. And, and it, it is sometimes the truth, you know, it's, it's a bit hard to swallow, but it gets you going and then makes you figure out the right way to actually keep venturing. Yeah. Well, listen, brother, you're also an inquisitive dude, and we've had a lot of fun sitting down and, and talking and asking questions and, and kind of questioning things that each other are doing. And, and that's one thing that I'm really appreciative of with our relationship is the ability to consistently ask questions. But if Kev could ask one question and he knows he's going to get the answer to it, what would that question be and why? What's your intent? I think that we go through life with this, like we're, we're worried about what everyone else thinks about us. And through that, when we ask questions or when we actually interact with people, our intentions are often skewed based upon our selfish agendas. And I have this, I have a very prideful statement in our building where, you know, our facility is the one place where the athlete's goal is the coach's agenda. And, and that's it, you know, and anybody gets in the way of that agent, you know, manager, we deal with a lot of what I call handlers in the industry because they had the talent, you know, or they, you know, they, they, they're funding the talent, um, you know, and then you have parents and, and other people as well that are part of that. And they, they, they push on their agendas because their intention is to be popular or to make money and they sacrifice the athlete all the time because, next man up 
you know, they're just bodies to them. You know, they're just, it, it really is nothing more than the stock market. They're just investing with an expectation that there's going to be a return one day. So when people make these, um, when these people make these recommendations for others, I always kind of question what their intention is. And I, I never know until it's, until it ends, right? It's always, it's always too late to find out. And you're either just testing your hypothesis, right? You're right or wrong. And sometimes you're completely blindsided too. And sometimes you're blindsided in a positive way where you're like, man, I, I, I thought this guy was trying to question me because he didn't think I was good enough or he was questioning me because he, he, uh, he, he wanted to go in a different direction. But in reality, he was just, he just wanted to understand or he wanted to basically provide a great environment. And when you know someone's intention, it allows you just to kind of, as a coach, move faster. And when you can move faster, I think that it's, there's a willingness to uh, just look underneath every single rock and find an opportunity or a possibility for people when uh, when they didn't even think it was real. So if I could find out the question to to what someone's intention is in every interaction I was in, um, I think the world would be a better place because you know there's so much there's so much posturing that's going on, and including myself on, on we do we just do it naturally because we're always worried about other people's thoughts. And I think for me, it's like, if you knew everyone's intention, you're like, oh, cool, you're, you're trying to get this out of it. Let me see how I can help you. Or honestly, you know, piss off. I don't want to do with you. That's a great question, man. And I think that it would end up eliminating a lot of the fake confusion that comes with people trying to figure out the ifs, ands, and what's to how they're trying to do things. I mean, I think it will. And I think the hard part is, is that most people aren't they're not willing to show their intent. So their actions end up like representing something they think is a good idea. And then it ends up just hurting their relationships in the long run, you know? And it's just, it all comes down to like people's egos and power and, and their insecurities. It's really what it ends up coming down to at the end of the day. And it's like, we have to, I have had to learn over the years to put that aside for the betterment of the athlete, because, you know, I've had to, be, I've been in so many situations where I'm not in charge where I'm just a small piece of the, of their process and they have their skill coach or they have their, you know, investor or that they have their, their, their sport coach at the college or pro level. And you have to understand how to play the game. Um, but then you have to know what your role is. And, um, I think when you know someone's intention, then, you know, you could actually figure out an easier way to play the game. Yeah, man, I dig it. That's, that's awesome stuff, brother. Well, listen, Cav, you do a ton. You help a lot of coaches. You're coaching around the world. You're developing guys right now for the NFL. I mean, you're, you're all over the place. But at some point, Justin Kavanaugh needs to take a step back and, and regain his thoughts and kind of escape a bit. So what is your escape, bro? Oh, man. I, um, I, I mean, I like to relax just as much as I like to coach. So it's easy for me. I, I like to do a lot of different things. Um, for me right now, it's been just uh, an amazing journey as a dad. I've loved every second of it. Is it easy? No, but I've never complained or, or whined. I, I don't really resonate with people that are, are like, oh, my God, it's so hard. I just wish for a second I could just let it go. And it's like it's the best thing in the world, man. It's absolutely. And I, I, I challenge anybody that, that doesn't see it that way because it's, it's incredible. Um, so my son's two and a half, it's going to be three and I enjoy every bit of that. Um, and there's more of a work, work life integration than there is a work life balance for me. 
because I want to be doing what I like to do all the time. Um, and we can't always do that, but we're going to do the best to integrate the things that I, I love and I enjoy. But when I really escape, it's it's on the water. Um, it's anything to do with the water. It's just getting away from, you know, cell phones don't work. Um, you know, it's 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 enjoyable to be just away and on the water thinking and relaxing. I'm, you know, born and raised in Miami. I grew up on the water and swam every day of my life. People ask me what I miss about, you know, South Florida. It's my parents and, and the water, and that's it. Um, I do miss the weather. It's cold as shit sometimes in VA. But um, – Really, it's just that that's my escapism. You know, there's there's little things, too. I mean, there's a poker table. There's some bourbon and, uh, you know, and, and, and good good wine every once in a while. But I think for me, it's it's just getting away and, and getting on the water allows me to just not just recalibrate, but it allows me to truly just relax. I think there's something about it that's awesome. Yeah, dude. Although right now we really can't complain too much about the weather. Um, it's a little little dreary, but I'll take this over snow any day, holy. Hey, man, I, uh, uh, I'm a wuss. You know, people talk about being tough. I mean, listen, you know, I am not tough and in, in, in cold. Uh, you put me in 100-degree heat, I'll, I'll, I'll be good all day long. You'll never see me drop in the heat, but um, <laughs> I don't like the cold, that's for sure. But uh, it's been a, been a good winter so far. And, um, it's just, the, it's just the seasons, you know, you get a little bit, you get a little bit used to it, you know, every year gets a little bit better. Uh, I don't think I'll be up for going to a Buffalo game anytime soon, but, um, I, I will, uh, I will enjoy, uh, I will enjoy what we currently have right now. Cause it's, it's been, it's been pretty good from a winter. We'll see if, uh, if, uh, you know, if the ice melts completely, but, uh, it's been, it's been pretty good to us so far. Well, let's also remember the Bills play at home late August, early September. It's not too cold yet then. And uh, being an upstate New York guy, I think there's a reason why I work with an indoor sport, brother. I think that that's something that we've got in common because, uh, yeah, that winter's for the birds. And the birds fly away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll take a bus down with them for sure. No doubt. Well, listen, brother, as always, great to chop it up. Great to hear your voice and always great to hear you doing good, man. And Really happy that you you could be part of this and, and stoked to have you on, brother. Thanks as always. As always, man. Love what you're doing uh, with the industry. The you know the the seminar. I uh, I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's been fun. I mean, I think my first one I went to was in 2011, uh, and it's it's been amazing to see it grow. I think I've grown a lot uh, personally, and you've you've helped with that process. And I wish that. Oh man, I, w- I wish that coaches not young and a little bit older would get to the seminar more so they could understand how, how quickly it could fast track their coaching development just from the people they meet, let alone the information. The information, I, I can tell you one of them might be garbage um, you know, this, this summer, but I can tell you that the information, the people that you meet is going to last you your entire career and it's so worth it. So I, I, I highly recommend that. I mean, I can tell you it's also fun to watch where, you know, you know, people show up. I mean, I had five guys on staff last year that were down there and, and, and all five of those now are at, at, uh, at the college programs, you know, with cool ass logos on their chest because of just the opportunities that were uh, created and uh, that grew through just the network. So I hope people understand that well, there's more value in that than there is in a resume. Well, I appreciate that homie. And I, for some reason, I don't, I don't think any of these talks are going to be bullish like you just said i'm really fired up and the the 
talk about it and the, the feedback I'm getting from what we've got set up is really exciting. And I, I can't wait for July, man. And it's, uh, you've done a lot for me, bro. You do a lot to not just help me keep growing and keep pushing forward with all of these things, but also to kind of check me and get my ass back in line every now and then. And that's, uh, I'm truly grateful for all you're doing, Cav. And, you know, keep up the great work, man. It's, it's noticed down here in RVA. That's awesome, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate uh, everything that you do for the industry, and, and I'm, I'm I'm just proud to be a part of it. That's awesome, man. Well, listen, brother, we'll be in touch real soon. You got it. Talk soon. Yeah, man. Cheers.